Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. Well, this morning is different. We are having a, a panel up here, and but I'm so excited to be able to invite the people up here that I'm about to invite. About a month and a half ago, I met with Dean Renfer, and Dean is the local area representative of Operation Christmas Child. He's sitting right there with his wife, Stephanie, and their other daughter, Kara. And we just began to think about how could we bring the message of Operation Christmas Child to Faith Center in a way that maybe it's never quite been done before, and how could we maybe elevate the participation and really get the message out so that we could understand as a congregation how truly unique and effective this ministry is. I have a question, though. Do any of you struggle with adulting? Thank you for being honest. Adulting. You know, it's one of the things we do now in our modern era. We take a, a, a noun and turn it into a verb. So that, yeah, it, it's kind of like that. Um, so... I do, and that's probably, I was thinking about it, that's probably why my, most of my adult life has been spent in a classroom where, yes, I had to be the only adult in the room, but I really enjoyed being a child, and it's probably why when my wife and I were on staff, Barb right over here, when we were on staff here years ago, we started out by teaching, in a, volunteering in a first grade Sunday school classroom, and that quickly led to being appointed as the children's pastors, which led to eventually being appointed as the, what we call today the next-gen pastors. But our responsibility was really birth through young adult. And it was an amazing time. And it, and it really just had such an impact on us and on how we view ministry that I really am most comfortable, like, with my Kermit voice and, and doing other things. I'm most comfortable as a kid, um, I think. Maybe not everybody's comfortable around me when I'm being a kid, but I feel, I feel pretty good there. And um, so when, when years and years ago, when we had an opportunity to be introduced to Operation Christmas Child, it, it, was, it, it immediately took hold in our hearts. And then there were lots of things that we could share about that, but I don't want to spend our time talking about that too much because we have other people here that are, I'm going to call up that are going to share just some wonderful stories and help you learn more about Operation Christmas Child. In this, our final, uh, our final weekend in the series, One Mission, I thought it very appropriate to wrap it up with Operation Christmas Child and the mission that we can have to children throughout the world. So, but I, I do want to share a, a little bit of scripture with you before I call up Betsy and Caitlin. And this is from Mark 9, verses 33 through 37. And you're going to see in this sort of some adulting fails, um, but you're going to also see Jesus and how we're so encouraged as, as we often are throughout Scripture, we're so encouraged to come to Jesus like a child, to have a childlike faith. And he demonstrated that by welcoming children. They came to Capernaum, 
When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because they thought Jesus wouldn't know. No, I added that. But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest amongst them. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. I want to call up Betsy Rains and uh, Caitlin Renfer. They're going to come up and share with us today. So if you would come on up. Thank you. Yeah, I, I set that down there so we could knock them over. <laughs> so why don't you start? Let's start with you, Betsy, because you have been here at Faith Center for a number of years. Why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about you, for those who might not know you very well, and your initial interest in Operation Christmas Child. Thanks, Greg. Um, I'm Betsy Rains. I am a, actually, I'm a fifth grade teacher here locally in Eureka, and our family, we have three children, and actually we have two grandchildren, but they live in Miami. Um, and our, <laughs> thank goodness for FaceTime. Um, we, my, when my two littles came home from Sunday school, probably 10 years ago, they brought these boxes, and I was just clueless, like maybe some of you are here, about why do we have these boxes here? And so I did some research, and the church we used to go to um, was a very big participant in this too. And so when I came to Faith Center, I think about five or six years ago, I realized that Operation Christmas Child wasn't happening here. So I met with Pastor Matt and he said, sure, we could set up a table in the foyer. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so since then, I've just kind of had my table and I've tried to get out as much information as possible. But I'm so thankful for this platform to be able to share with you and maybe give you a deeper understanding of um, for my family, why it's such an important part and why I think we should, as a church family, embark in a greater journey. Thank you. Caitlin, you and I got to meet a few years ago, and then we got to meet recently at Ramones. And so we, we started putting this idea together about how we might do this. But tell us a little bit more about yourself and when you got involved in Operation Christmas Child. Yes, so my family and I have been packing shoeboxes as long as I can remember. And we always loved getting the stuff for the shoeboxes and pulling out the boxes, and I would get really excited about it. But we didn't know that much about the ministry. We would also include a letter to the children who would get our boxes, and sometimes a picture. And we were excited when we got three letters back over the years from children in the Philippines who had gotten our boxes. But it wasn't until 2015 that some friends of ours invited us to volunteer with them at the processing center in LA. And that's the place where our shoe boxes go from here. And volunteers sort through the boxes, inspecting them, and then prepare them for shipment around the world. And so a couple years after that, my dad and I, we volunteered for several days down in LA. And we kept hearing about year-round volunteer but we didn't know what that meant. 
So a staff member explained to us that it's just someone in your local area where you volunteer and share about the ministry with churches, community groups, and other people. So the following year, my dad and I both signed up to be year-round volunteers, and we've been doing it ever since then, along with several other members from our family and some other people from the community. Thank you. Betsy, what keeps you excited about this each year? I think the best thing about it is how it involves our whole family. Um, every year, our, we go out and we like to do shopping. We actually shop throughout the year. We'll be at Walmart and be like, hey, we need toothbrushes. And so we just kind of stockpile. Um, but it just didn't, it didn't gets everyone involved. My children throughout the years of packing, um, they've always packed boxes for children the same age as them. And then we always tend to pack boxes for some of the older children because those are the age groups that they're not forgotten. It's just a lot easier to pack for a four-year-old little boy than it is a 14-year-old boy. So um, we always try to, to do that too. And it just it, it, it's exciting knowing that one box can make such an impact on someone's life that you don't know, and you may never know them. I mean, obviously you won't. We did get a letter back one time, but just knowing that you're making an impact and um, teaching the gift of giving to our children as well, and, and knowing that getting a washcloth might not mean something to you, but it really might mean something, the world, to somebody else. Thank you. Caitlin, is there anything else that you could add about your current responsibilities with Operation Christmas Child? Sure. So currently, I'm on the church relations team. So our team, that we're responsible for supporting and encouraging current church partners, then also trying to get new churches involved in the project. So some of my role in that has been speaking at churches, like this morning, sharing about the ministry. But one side note is, if anyone is interested in volunteering year-round with Operation Christmas Child, please see us at our table, because we have information packets. And there's lots of different roles, church relations, community relations, student relations, even like being on the prayer team, it's great. And I, I remember in an earlier service, we learned that there are about 30 churches in our local area that participate. And I don't know how many churches there are, but I'm guessing there's room for a lot more to participate, right? So, um, Betsy, what would be your shoebox goal that you would like us to meet here at Faith Center this year? The, the goal that I kind of have in mind is kind of to double what we've been doing. We've been hovering between 100 and about 130 per year. I've been doing it for, I think, five years. I can't recall exactly. Um, so I would love to see us be able to turn in at least 300 boxes this year. I would, I mean... Thank you for all of you who already packed, but it's just, it would be great if we could try to double that. How many would love that? Okay. <laughs> so we'll talk more about this as we go, and it'll, it'll be pretty obvious, but there's more to the shoeboxes than just the gifts. So, Caitlin, can you tell us more about how the shoeboxes connect children to salvation and discipleship? Yes. So a lot of people, when they see the shoeboxes, they think that it's just like a nice gift to give to children who don't have things around the world. But it's so much more than that. It really is a way to share the gospel with children who have never heard the name of Jesus and to share God's love in this tangible way. So one of the models of Operation Christmas Child is evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. So before the boxes are even given out of the shoebox distributions, the gospel is clearly presented to the children. 
And then on top of their shoebox gift, they receive a gospel booklet called The Greatest Gift. So that's the first step, evangelism. And then discipleship. After the kids get their boxes, they are invited to participate in a 12-lesson discipleship program called The Greatest Journey that walks them through what it means to be a follower of Jesus and then how they can share their faith with others. So after the kids graduate from that, then they are equipped to become evangelists in their own communities. And that's where we see multiplication as more and more people come to know Jesus through that initial shoebox gift. And sticking with you, can you um, tell us what is your goal? What, what, are you, what are you hoping for in Humboldt County for the number of boxes this year? So our team's goal for shoeboxes this year is between 4,000 and 5,000 boxes. Last year, we collected 3,325. Yeah, great. Um, that's really good. Thank you. Um, and can you tell us, is there any way of knowing where our boxes might end up? So we don't know where our boxes will end up until they reach the processing center. But in the past, some of our boxes have gone to places like Mexico, South America, the Philippines, the Pacific Islands, and then even boxes from the processing center, so maybe not exactly our area, but other areas like in California, they've had boxes that have gone to Africa, even Ukraine this past year. Wow. So back to you, Betsy. As you're packing boxes, can you tell us, like, you've already touched on a little bit, but can you tell us how it, it impacts your family? What are your thoughts and prayers, and how, how do you approach packing a box besides just throwing stuff in a box? What, what's that like? So um, the process of packing a box is first you choose um, a boy or a girl, and then there's different age. There's three different age levels, um, and then there's some suggestions. We have a table, and we'll have a table out here every weekend until boxes um, are due back on November 13th. So you choose what they call a wow item. You choose your first. It's like a big thing. A soccer ball is a huge wow item, and that can be any gender, any age. Uh, if you get a soccer ball, you can also deflate it, and you can squeeze it up real tight, put a rubber band around it, and you can put a pump in there so that they can reinflate it when it gets there. Um, you choose a wow item, a stuffed animal, anything that that's just things that they may not have in their lives. And then you can choose hygiene items. You can choose school supplies. You can choose toys. Um, we've put sunglasses, watches, flashlights with extra batteries, anything that you can think of, washcloths, soap, um, that you can include in there. You cannot include candy, gum, food, liquids, toothpaste. Those items, they cannot go through customs. And then also, they do request that you do not put um, toy soldiers in there because they do go to some war-torn countries and they don't want those kinds of things in the boxes. Uh, the last thing that you need to do is please just pray over the boxes. Pray that the boxes reach the, the people that they need to reach and that Jesus' love is just shared through it. And the idea of wow items leads us really easily into Caitlin's next question. There's something that I've called shoebox miracles. Maybe that's just a term that's out there. I don't know. But it, there are so many stories that they just wow you. And um, the idea that, that you would pray over them is so connected to what Caitlin is now going to share with us, some stories. Yes. So there are so many stories out there about how God has used a shoebox to change a child's life and the life of their family. 
and even answered some very specific prayers of children. So the first story that I want to share is about a boy in Tanzania who received a soccer ball in his box. He also attended the Greatest Journey 12 Lesson Discipleship Program, and after each lesson, he would gather 30 of the kids from his village, and they would play soccer together with that ball from his box, and then he would tell them what he had learned in the Greatest Journey that day. Well, after the 12 lessons, he shared the gospel with his friends, and all 30 of them prayed to receive Christ as their Savior. Then another story I want to share is a little different than the stories I've been sharing the last couple services. So this one really illustrates how the shoebox can change a family's life. So there was a pastor named Pastor Gaddy in a Central Asian country. He was driving along the road one day, and he noticed two boys selling nuts by the side of the road. So he felt prompted to stop and share the gospel with these boys. So he stopped and bought a bag of nuts from them and shared the gospel and then gave them two shoeboxes that had been left over from a distribution and that were in his car. One boy in particular named Amir was very excited about the gospel and, the, and touched by the gift that the pastor would give him this gift. So he gave the pastor his phone number and told the pastor, if you're ever in this area again, please call us and I would like for you to meet my family. So a couple weeks later, the pastor was back in the area, and he called the number, and a man answered the phone. So the pastor explained his connection to the shoebox, and the man began to cry. And he said that Amir had been selling nuts by the side of the road just a few days previously and had been hit by a car and died, and that he was Amir's father. But he begged the pastor, he's like, please come to our home and tell us what you told Amir. We want to hear it. So the pastor did go to their home, and the family just shared that uh, Amir had been different ever since he got that box, that his life had been changed, that he was glowing when he came home. The grandfather, who was not a Christian at that time, he said, I thought that he had been touched by the Most High God because his face was glowing and he was radiating God's love. So through Amir's testimony and through that simple box and that pastor's act of obedience, um, he was able to share the gospel with that family, and several members of the family came to know Christ. Amen. Okay, so can you just for me tell the stuffed animal one? Sure. Okay. <laughs> So one more story is, um, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the country of Georgia to witness shoeboxes being handed out. And one of the girls on the team, she was talking to two boys before they got their boxes, and she was asking them about, like, what, what's your favorite animal? So one boy said that his favorite animal was a koala bear. And so this girl happened to also be from California, Central Valley, and she was really into FFA, so she loved cows. So she was telling them about how her favorite animal was a cow. Well, when the boy got his box, she watched him open it up, and on top of his box, there was a cow stuffed animal and a koala bear stuffed animal. So just amazing to see how God works and matches the perfect box with the Only God, job. right? Yeah. There are thousands of those kinds of stories as you are involved with Operation Christmas Child, thousands. So 
Yeah. Do you have any favorite OCC stories, as we like to say? <laughs> Our favorite story um, is that my children, they always include a letter. Uh, um, it's kind of like a form. We have some on the table out there about themselves. It has a picture of our house and where we live, and on the map it's colored where we live. Um, picture of my kids, and then we include envelopes in case they have the opportunity to write letters back, like Caitlin has received and my son one year received a letter, and it was this really, really, really long letter, and I still have a picture of him, and he actually, last night after service, he goes, Mom, I still have that letter, and he's 13, and I think he got the letter back when he was like four, so it just really makes a difference that he was so excited to receive this letter from a boy, uh, we believe is, I think it's from Vietnam, as to, then the boy took the time to write a letter back, and he was just so excited about the box that he received. That is, that is just so cool to have those kind of connections, right? So, Kaylin has brought a video for us to watch, and I would like her to maybe set it up for us just a little bit. So the video we're about to watch is about a young man named Zach from Fiji who received a shoebox as a child. And growing up, he didn't have toys to play with. So the shoebox was a life-changing moment for him. But more than just the toys, it showed him God's love. And there's a part in there that I really like where he says that we are all undeserving of God's grace, yet there was someone who was full of grace and that spent their time, resources, and money and was willing to pack that box for him. And he goes by the name Zach, but I want you to pay attention to his name when it comes up on the screen because one of the things that I really, I really love about other cultures is how different the names are from, you know, as you go worldwide. This just pay attention to that. This is so much fun. There are people around the globe that are not exposed to the gospel. And that shoebox, I was a Christian before, but I know how impactful that was. I am one of millions around the globe that received a shoebox. My name is Sakusa Rokovasa Vakandela Tambua, Jr. I go uh, by Zach. And I'm originally from the Fiji Islands. My childhood was different from what a typical kid would go through. There were no toys, uh, no video games. We'll play with sticks and uh, jackstones. Playing rugby, of course, there was no rugby ball. We'd use a Coca-Cola bottle. Sometimes it hit you in the face, but we'll just carry on. The day when I received my shoebox, my mom was volunteering to distribute the shoeboxes. She made me the last kid to receive a shoebox. So she said, you know, if we run out, sorry. <laughs> but thank God, I got my shoebox. I opened it. I don't know how to say it. I, I, there was no word for me to say because I, I don't have this. Uh, I don't have these toys. I don't have these school supplies that was coming out from the boxes. And in this shoebox was a yellow yo-yo. Jaw-dropping moment, of course. No more playing with rocks and sticks. I have a yo-yo and those cars. And one of the scripture that came to my mind is, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were all undeserving of the grace of God, but someone was full of grace spend their resources, their money, their time. Somebody thought of me. 
God opened doors to my life and to my family. I moved to the United States. I'm called into children's ministry. I took our church van, went down to a store and buy shoe boxes. We packed 117 shoe boxes for my youth group and our church. I may not be face to face with someone around the globe, but with that shoe box, I'm evangelizing, multiplying, discipling someone to come to know Christ. Being part of that discipleship journey is very humbling. The Raiders Journey Discipleship Program is a program that Operation Christmas Child includes for those that wants to know more about Christ. This is where my heart is, evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. Amen. Yeah. So, Caitlin, do you have any final thoughts, anything that you want to share? Yes, I would just say thank you to all of you for packing shoeboxes. The ministry of Operation Christmas Child would not be possible without our faithful partners. And also know that you, can, you are a missionary from your own home by packing these boxes and equipping local ministry partners, so our brothers and sisters around the world, with tools to reach children with the gospel. You may never realize the impact of your box, but you are making a difference in the life of a child, and you are sharing God's love to children all around the world and spreading the gospel. So keep packing shoeboxes, and um, don't forget to pray for the children who will be receiving these boxes, that many more will come into God's kingdom. Thank you. Betsy, any last thoughts? I do. If you are a person that would much rather shop online, there is a build-a-box option online and just help somebody in the foyer. Actually, she uh, built 11 boxes um, as we sat out there, so it was pretty amazing. Uh, so you, there's options you can build online. You can just build it and pay, I believe it's $25 a flat fee, or you can pick and choose age groups and pick and choose items that way, and you can do it. Please, uh, she did mention that she was on a different site, so please make sure you're going through the Samaritan's Purse website if you do choose to go online. Also, um, they do ask for a $10 donation with every box. If you are someone you're thinking, wow, I can only build a box, I can't do the $10, please don't not, don't not build the box. Please build the box. There's people that will donate monetarily and it covers it. It all works out. Someone gave us some cash earlier. They said, I'm not very creative, but here's some money. So we already have donations for that. Also, if you happen to have extra items, you've used all your space, you don't have any room, we take extra items and we can build extra boxes. Please make sure these items are brand new. They cannot be gently used items. They have to be brand new items. You can take them out of the packages to utilize all of the space that you have. If you need help packing, we will have a table in the foyer every weekend until November 13th to help you answer any questions you do have. And just thank you. Thank you for praying for them. Thank you for thinking about it. And thank you for being uh, the hands and feet of Jesus to get the word to these children. Amen. Can, can you thank both of them, please? So they're going to hang out up here while I have a couple closing thoughts. You've probably heard statistics about the age that most people come to know Jesus. The statistics I have are from the United States, but I believe that children are very much the same worldwide. People are very much the same worldwide. Different experiences, different cultures, but 
in, inside, intrinsically, we're very much the same. And about 85% of children that give their life to Jesus do so between the ages of 4 and 14. And that's become known as the 414 window. And some of you with missions background or, or just interest, you may know that there's something called the 1040 window. And the 1040 window are the latitudes of the globe where the greatest need is for people to learn about Jesus and, and to um, have the gospel shared with them. So 85% from 0 to 4, about 1%. From 15 to 30, about 10%. And I know most of us would fit in this last category, actually, 30 plus. Um, 30 plus is 4%. So the gospel is so effective to young people. And my heart, like I shared before, my heart has always been about younger people. And I, um, I, I want to really stress this point, though, because I didn't understand this at the beginning of at my introduction to Operation Christmas Child. I thought, I'm just going to be completely transparent. I haven't shared this with the other two groups, but I always say something special for the 11 o'clock group. When we first started packing boxes, I thought, great, we're going to send all of our stuff across the planet, and it's just going to end up all over the ground. You know, I, is that as cynical as you can get or what? Um, but then I, I realized that it, it's really not about the shoebox, but, but everybody loves to receive a gift, right? So, it, so there's something there. And, and the kids are in places where they really don't typically get any kind of a gift. But the shoebox is the vehicle for the gospel. It really is. It's the vehicle that allows the gospel message to come. And I want to give you an example in my own life. I accepted Jesus at eight years old, basically, in a four-score church in Crescent City. And through my elementary school years, outside of Little Smith River School, the, the school I went kindergarten through eighth grade, Good News Club would pull up in a dark blue painted school bus with white lettering on the side. That was just a vehicle for carrying the gospel. But I remember sitting after school, I would go over to that bus, and um, I remember sitting in the seats and, and getting, you know, more stories about David and, you know, um, uh, uh, Jonah and Moses, and always on a flannel graph. Some of you are old enough to remember that. Um, but it really did help me. It, it carried me from that initial acceptance of Jesus, that and some other things, but it carried me through my childhood to grow up, to truly be a follower of Jesus. So it was a vehicle. It was the way that the gospel came forth, just like these shoeboxes are. And they are just really so effective. When Holy Spirit gave this idea to Samaritan's Purse, they were listening. I want to close with a scripture from Matthew 19 starting in verse 13. And again, this is so often we miss, we miss the bigger picture, and you'll see. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. 
but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. You just, you just shake your head, right? Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Then he placed his hands on them. He went on from there. When he placed his hands on them, he went on from there. So he touched them, and they were changed. My invitation to all of us is to participate to whatever level we're able to, as Betsy said, be the hands, be the feet of Jesus, to touch them so that their lives can be forever changed. Amen.